0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Berganti. So today we have an amazing couple from Michigan on the other line. It is Ryan and Leah. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you
0: doing? Absolutely we're doing well. Doing great. That's good to hear. That's we're welcoming you to the show, and it's a pleasure to have you guys on here to share, you know, Ryan's story and, and your story as well, Leah, about finding out about his diagnosis and. So Ryan, um, where are you from and how old are you?
1: I'm 31 and I'm from, uh, Spring Lake, Michigan, just west of Grand Rapids, Michigan.
0: All right. And so you're born and raised and and you still currently live in Michigan. Yep. Awesome. And Leah, what about you?
2: Um I am 30 and I am originally from kind of the middle of the state um in a small town called Sheridan. Um but now now live 5 minutes away from Lake Michigan so it couldn't be better than that. That's
0: that's pretty awesome. So how did you guys meet and kind of can you give me a little background on kind of how you guys met, how long you guys dated before you got married and and kind of what's your what's your situation within your love, like just being in love and that whole situation?
2: Yeah. um, We, so Ryan and I actually met on Tinder. um, (laughs) Believe it or not. Uh, And um, Ryan, I believe was just getting ready to completely be done with those sites because of not having a whole lot of luck and decided to take a chance and we started talking, and um, I, I honestly the first the first conversation we had I wasn't really wanting to talk that night, but we ended up talking for over three hours and never ran out of things to say. Um, and the rest is kind of history. Um, we dated for two years and got engaged last not last summer, but the summer before, and then got Got married in July of 2020, um, so we're still newlyweds. But um,
0: congratulations!
2: We're, we're thriving. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're thriving. Uh, happy starting our lives together and um, having raising our daughter.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. So Ryan, obviously, you guys, you know, have the the show kind of we, we explain people that have been born or that later on in their life find out that they have Kleinfelder syndrome. And how did you kind of find out that you had Kleinfelder syndrome uh, XXY? Uh,
1: about when I was 10 to 12 years old, my parents told me I had Kleinfelder syndrome and um, that I was actually born with it. And, um, that's when I found out everything and uh, they actually found out in in vitro and in all that.
2: Mind.
1: So that's, yeah, that's that.
0: So what, and you were told at that age and kind of when, do you remember when, like how they told you or what you kind of got from, like you have an extra X chromosome, like how did they kind of describe that and what was your, like, what was your interpretation of that whole thing?
1: I just remember my dad saying, Hey, uh, you got this extra um, chromosome. Uh, you're going to have to get shots, um, testosterone shots, probably for the rest of your life. Um, if you don't get the shots, then you will get boobs like a girl. And I was like, Oh, that's great. So, you know. you're you're 12 and you get that. So other than that, um, yeah, that was that.
0: And did, so growing up you, you started doing the testosterone shots and are you still currently doing testosterone shots?
1: Yep. Once, once every two weeks. Um,
0: yeah. Are you, I was a baby. Are you doing, uh, are you doing the shots yourself or is Leah giving them to you or do you go to like the doctor's office?
1: Leah, Leah does them for me, so she gives it
0: to me. And that's 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 well, all. That's awesome. That's really awesome that she's you know um, like willing to do that. I'm pretty sure she probably does it in your one of your butt cheeks. It's probably the easiest place to do it. Or does she do your shot in your leg? Uh, in the butt cheek. Oh, nice. Have you ever tried to do your shot by yourself?
1: Nope.
0: No interest. No interest?
1: I'm not a big needle. Well, uh, no, Yeah, no interest on that.
0: So what was, did you have any challenges or anything throughout high school or any, like, did you have an IEP or did you have any, like, learning disabilities growing up once you kind of, like, had, like, had the diagnosis or did anything kind of present itself in, in that manner or did you kind of just sail through high school?
1: Uh, I actually had, I had some learning disabilities. Um, I had a, um, a reading and writing kind of, uh, um, can't think of a, um, word, but, um, I would read numbers backwards and dyslexia. That's what I did. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't treated any different but it, it made high school pretty hard.
0: Oh so, well, what was the toughest part know, about high school?
1: Yeah. Uh I don't I'm, I mean not really sure, just uh just I mean, when you have a learning disability it it makes things hard, but I mean that's not an excuse.
0: And so you, you, I'm assuming that you graduated from high school and did you go, did you go directly into like the work, did you go directly into the workforce or did you go to college or what was kind of your, your path after high school?
1: I graduated and then I went into um, welding and worked at a weld shop for four years and did that. And then I ended up working for the company that I'm at. And they sent me to trade school, and I got my journeyman's card, and that's where I'm at now. So, so I'm a journeyman machine builder.
0: And what what do you what does that? I don't really know much about that. So what what is, what are you exactly doing?
1: So our company um, specializes in automated machines. So, for example, you have your your car has a car seat our machines that we build make the car seat from the ground up so we basically build the machine and fully automate it um wire it plummet um yeah and that's i'm a builder so i build all the the toolings and all that stuff
0: so basically you're telling me that after high school you went into welding, which is a hands-on type of learning. So you're pretty much you really enjoy like working with your hands, and and you learn by doing. Yep, that's that's really awesome. That's that's something that I think a lot of us have in common is a lot of us really like to work with our hands, be hands-on, and um, are very visual learners. Uh, learn by someone showing us, and then once they show us once, we pretty much have it. Like on like we're able to do it immediately and we remember it really really well. Do you I mean that's really that's really cool that your job also like you went to become a welder, you did that and then your job saw like your job saw like um some really awesome stuff in you and they decided to send you to trade school. So that's a really cool accomplishment to be able to have a job pay for you to go back to school.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was great.
0: So Leah, um How has been, like, did, how, when did you learn about Ryan's Kleinfelder syndrome?
2: Um, so, uh, Ryan and I's second conversation, uh, on the phone, I don't think we had even met yet. Um, he said that, uh, somehow kids came into the conversation, um, and he told me he needed to have a conversation with me about that and that um, that he was unable to have children. And, um, I think he was a little nervous as to how I would take it. But, um, honestly, uh, before I had my daughter, I was told that I would not be able to have children of my own either. So, um, when I was able to have my daughter, which was before Ryan, um, I I kind of knew how that felt to not, to be told that you weren't going to have children. And so for him to tell me that, um, it, it was, uh, it just didn't matter to me um, because there's more than one way to have a child. And um, if he was the right person, which he was obviously, uh, then it didn't matter.
0: And so when he told you about Kleinfelder syndrome, did you do some investigating on your own or... Um, to try to learn more about it other than the fact that he can't have kids or what, like, did you do anything along those lines?
2: I did. Yeah. I, so after he, after he told me that I I'm always super curious about a new diagnosis or anything new when it comes to, you know, medical issues. And so I, um, I, (coughs) excuse me. Um, I Google searched Heinfelter syndrome and uh, the images and the um, descriptions that popped up were, to be quite honest, a little concerning. Um, what I saw in the images was, you know, a, a man with female features and just nothing like Ryan appeared to me. And, um, and there was, I have to be honest, there was a part inside of me that was like, okay, do I really continue, you know, going the direction of seeing where this relationship goes, knowing what I know now. And there was something inside of me that just said, you know what, just give it time and see what happens. Um, but the, stigma the negative stigma out there in the images and the things that you can find about Klinefelter syndrome are really negative and they just uh they they paint these men and these boys in in a light that is so untrue
0: so R- Ryan did did you ever um did you ever google it or anything like that when you were younger or or later on in life
1: yeah a little bit here and there because i mean you want to know what you have you know so and i I would say about the same thing as what leah has said too that about what you find out and
0: and how did that kind of make you feel in that sense where you don't there's this person or there's these photos of people or, you know, there's all this outdated old information that basically paints you into a picture that you're not part of. Like, it's incredible that you guys are on the podcast today. You know, this is helping spread more awareness and let family more and more families know out there that, you know, that picture that is painted of us and, and the words and the th- the things that it says about us on online is not the people that are actually living with the diagnosis. So it's really, it's really incredible just to have you guys, you know, talking about what, what it felt like and, and all of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: definitely. So just, you've pretty much, it sounds like you pretty much got your diagnosis and then you kind of just lived your life and, and have you had a hard time with like advocating or self-advocating for yourself with doctors or Going to the doctors, blood work, all of that stuff?
1: Not not really. Um, not not really on on that front,
0: but um yeah, no. have you had your testosterone change throughout the years, like up higher or lower, um as you've gotten older?
1: Um, it was a lot lower when I was younger, but then Probably once I hit puberty, it leveled out. And I've been on the same amount since I was like 18, 19 years old. So.
2: Something that is interesting about Ryan is that he was actually the first baby in um, in West Michigan to start doing testosterone injections from the time he was an infant.
0: What? So wait, you were, how, how, when did you start testosterone?
1: When I was an infant.
2: and I think he was, um, like a couple, or he was between three months and a few weeks old.
0: Yeah. And how often did they give you testosterone?
1: I think it was like once a year at that point. It wasn't, Every two weeks, it wasn't every few months. I think it was like once a year, something like that.
0: That's awesome! Your yours—that's something new. I've never heard that before.
2: Wow. Yeah. yeah, they want. He was kind of like um, like a clinical trial to mm-hmm. see if uh, if you know, if receiving testosterone uh early would make any difference in his um his his physical uh you know and the way that he developed and as well as you know how it might help him psychologically I guess but um I don't think that they felt that it made a whole lot of difference um like testicularly I don't I, I don't think that that made any difference but um
0: Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the pistachio club, right? <laughs> Pistachios are the finest nuts yeah. of them all. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I like. Oh, to. Yeah. That's what I like to say. I mean, it's uh, I think one of the biggest common things that's definitely not talked about amongst the community or just among in general is probably most of us, if not all of us, I'm not I, I don't know, and I don't go around checking, but all, a lot of us have small testicles, <laughs> small balls. But you know, honestly, that's an amazing thing. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And um, you know, I, I for some reason one day I just was thinking about I like pistachios, and I'm like, you know what, pistachios are actually like one of the finest nuts of them all, and and it's a great comparison. So um, it's it's always it gets a good laugh out of people too. <laughs>
1: That's
0: a good way to look at it. So, as far as just um, like awareness and stuff goes within the syndrome, what kind of what was your motivation today to want to be a part of the podcast and kind of give back to the community and share your story?
2: Um, I I I think for both of us we. We really just wanted to be a voice and help in any way that we could for for you know those parents out there who have young children that have Kleinfelter syndrome, or even or even another um, male adult out there who thinks that you know I'm never going to be with someone because I can't produce a child. When that is that is just one part of your life, there are so many things to live for, um, and that you know, the right person, uh, will not care. Uh, you know, everyone has, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own struggles. And I mean, I mean, we, you know, if it, if it weren't for, if it weren't for the struggles that we've had in life, we may have not even crossed paths. So, I mean, everything happens for a reason, but sometimes it's harder to see it. Um, when
0: you're just starting out, so Ryan, since you're a dad now what's what's it like, you know, when you were first told that you couldn't have kids or that you know maybe you couldn't have kids biologically, but you could obviously always be a father, There's plenty of different ways to have kids and so, what was it like when you found out that Leah had a child and and now you're that child's dad, and what's it like being a father?
1: That's great. Um, I love it. Um, in the past, it was always pretty devastating knowing that I would never be able to have my own kids, but, um, just, just the fact of, well, um, I've known, um, my daughter since she was four months old. Um, and she calls me dad and daddy, uh, that's like, wow, uh, there's nothing like it. So, I mean, yeah, it's not, she's not blood related to me, but she's my daughter. So, you know, uh, other than that, I, I don't know what else
0: could be really
1: any more than that. I don't know.
0: Well, like you were telling me before we started the podcast, you know, you said in your early 20s kind of dating was a little difficult. Was it difficult because of like the fact that you couldn't have kids and a lot of people in your area wanted to have kids or, um, were you open to people when you first started dating them about that, you, that you had Kleinfelder syndrome and you couldn't, you couldn't father your own biological child, but that there was other ways.
1: I always you anytime I would start dating or, um, talking to somebody I would always be right up front with everything that I needed to say and all that and most of them would either say well that's too bad or I don't know if we can still talk or whatever and you know after probably 10 or 12 dates you know you get pretty beaten down when it comes to dating and it's like well and I've, I always, I ask myself, you know, am I ever going to find somebody that really, truly cares about me on that front? And, you know, but I mean, you don't give up. I'm not a quitter. And, you know, um, after a matter, it's only a matter of time before you actually find the one. And when you do find it, I mean, it's amazing. So, yeah, it was hard, but, life
0: you know? Yeah. It's, it's good to hear that, you know, you never gave up and, and that you continue, you continue to try, even though you got shot down a lot because of that answer. And, you know, I, I kind of look back at my early twenties and dating was, um, dating was definitely difficult being honest and upfront about having Kleinfelder syndrome, but you know, it, it also helped weed out all of the women out there, uh, that weren't for me. And it was a really easy, you know, if they, if they couldn't, focus on like me and what I have to the op to bring to the table and just focus on the fact that I can't have biological children then that person's not for me Mm -hmm. so it's really cool that Leah kind of you know you guys met online and and I think that's kind of how everybody meets nowadays is it's it's easy it's um it's you can you can you don't have to meet if I like if you don't like going to the bar, you know, all that stuff you don't have to do that. And then now with COVID, we can't really do any of that. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) online, online's great. Um, so as far as I was just about to ask a question and then I totally just spaced on it. Um, as far as like your job and, and just, um, going through the motions you work. what are your, what are your hours? Do you work like, uh, like 9 to 5 or do you work 10 hour shifts or what's that like
1: um actually it's kind of nice that my company I can we can work as low as 8 hours or you can work as many as 12 hours depending on the workload so usually i work from 7 to i don't know 4 or 4:30 but there are days where it could be five to six, or five to eight, or something like that. It just depends on the workload and all that.
0: Well, that's that's kind of cool. And do they do they give you overtime, or is it salary position or hourly? Yeah. Okay, uh, it's
1: all, it's all hourly, and then uh, um, anything after forty is overtime.
0: So did you, did you work in high school or was high school just kind of like a, let's get high school done, let's focus on graduating and, and go, go from there?
1: Nope. I actually worked, I started working when I was a sophomore in high school. I worked at, um, Sunrise Acres Egg Farm, packing eggs. (laughs) Great job that was. That's that's the good awesome. thing about that job, uh, it was it showed me how crappy a job really could be, and you need to actually go to school and work your butt off because you don't want to have a job like that because that was pretty bad.
0: What well, What was so bad about it?
1: Well, I after working there for two years, I lost all taste for eggs. I used to love eggs. But when I worked there, I hated it. I mean, you get you get home from work and you smell like egg yolk, and you got egg yolk all over you, and then the flies. It was a terrible job. It was just terrible.
0: That's a, you know that you make a good statement, and I I I hope that all the guys listening and and the younger guys and um, the moms out there is that push through high school, graduate, and you know, you went on to do welding, you went on to work with your hands. That's really important to, you know, you found out at, you found out through your own experience that that's not something that you want to do the rest of your life or work that hard for very little money. And so you push yourself to go to school and then after school to become a welder and, and to go back, to go back to school because your employer wanted you to, that's a really good statement. I, I really, uh, I definitely understand that one. Thank you. So, what do you like to do for fun out there in Michigan? What What do you guys do in the wintertime, and and what do you do in the summertime for when you have free time?
1: Well, in the winter, I mean, uh, I like to go ice fishing or squirrel hunting or whatever. I'm I'm a big outdoorsman. In the fall. Every weekend I'm in a tree, uh, and in the summer it's fishing <laughs> and either, uh, boating or going to the beach or, you know, we're usually outside most of the summer. So,
0: what about you, Leah?
2: Yeah. Um, I would say uh, pretty much the same other than, I mean, I'm not as much of a hunter and hunter and fisherman that ryan is but um i enjoy being at the lake and being at the beach um being outside playing playing with avery um doing projects around the house um in the winter it's kind of just stay inside and keep warm type of thing uh you never know what you're going to get here in michigan but um you know you find stuff to do
0: yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's like, uh, se- it was like 70 degrees here in San Diego today. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> you guys- I don't
2: think it got above 30. Today. Uh, it, it was nice.
1: sweatshirt weather? It was like 35, 40 with the sun. That was great.
0: <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, I lived in Colorado for a while, so I fully understand like when, when those days are like 35 or 40 degrees and it's no longer in the, the teens or the negatives, you're like, Oh, it's time for shorts and a t-shirt. Oh
2: yeah! Oh yeah! And we sound absolutely crazy, I'm sure, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so Ryan, do you do you cook? Do you make do you make a lot of food, or um, did you learn to cook at a young age or anything like that? Since you work with your hands,
1: I actually found out uh, cooking is a lot easier through YouTube, and that's how I learned how to cook most of my stuff. I'm 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 pretty good on the on the grill. And I think I can make breakfast pretty good. But other than that, I leave the cooking to Leah.
0: <laughs> so did you, when you graduated high school, what age were you um, when you moved out and kind of lived on, did you, what, what age were you when you lived on your own?
1: Um, probably when I was 20, I think 20, yeah, 26 is when I moved out um I actually moved in with my um ex-wife and all that and uh and event eventually bought a house and did all that
0: <laughs> so but, you, so um, you've been on your own since yeah. 26 pretty much yeah pretty much
1: nice bought my bought house and all that I was 26 yeah
0: that's that's awesome I mean that's that's a huge um to be able to live on your own and to be able to understand like all the bills you have to pay and and the the life lessons of that whole aspect of just moving out into the big into the big world by yourself is a huge a huge deal and um you know it's interesting because a lot of the stigma that's online, um, says a lot of things that will, you know, I've heard a lot of doctors and, and, um, genetic counselors tell people that, you know, we're not going to be able to live on our own, um, for our whole life or the parents will have to take care of us. And the fact that you're out of the house at 26 and bought your own house, that's a huge accomplishment. And that just another testament to our community that, you know, there's really successful people out there that are, have kids that are enjoying their life and, that own homes like you and, um, they're all walks of life.
2: Yeah. I, you know, to Ryan's credit, um, he's, he's been really successful with his job, but he's also been really good with money. Um, and, you know, buying his first house at 26 and putting down a good chunk of change, um, and you know, we're on our way to having our house paid off by the time we're 45. So, I mean, that's, that's better than most, most anyone nowadays. So I, I gotta say, uh, Ryan's really done well for himself.
0: Yeah, that, that's really awesome. And, and it seems that like when, when you love your job, which it seems like you do, you like, you're not afraid to work hard and like really, really, really enjoy doing it yeah that's that's, that's pretty accurate has that kind of been your whole life like the things that you're extremely passionate about you put like you're all into and then the things that you just aren't interested in you're just like you'll do it because you have to get by but it's not something that you really want to do
1: yeah it's pretty much i mean if if chores around the house were revolved around like hunting and fishing i'd i'd get that done like first
0: thing I, <laughs> I mean <it's> not like <laughs> what kind of so what I'm, oh. I'm curious about the chores and kind of um, h- hygiene like is are the chores what what's hard for you as far as that stuff goes
1: well um, cleaning of the house um, well since I was a bachelor for well three years Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not proud of this, but you know, it's, oh, the house, I can wait, you know, I don't need to clean this, I can do that. know, I don't need, I don't need to clean, you know, but now that, I mean, when I'm married and everything, it's like, man, we need to clean the house because it looks pretty disgusting. How? But I mean, I, I I've never been a big fan of uh, hey, let's clean the house all weekend and uh, not do anything fun. But
0: has it been life. has it been hard to kind of like life can just be overwhelming in general? I mean, you have a wife, a daughter, a house, your all your hobbies, work, like bills, all these things. Have you found that some of this stuff for you? is more difficult than other things like, um, brushing your teeth or showering or like hygiene or, um, things that involve executive functions. Like, um, do you, are you good at planning or are, is, is, are these things that you kind of not really that great at?
1: I actually, um, before I met Leah, I was not the best planner, but, um, once we got married and here every day and all that. I mean, it's like we got a system down and we can both plan pretty well together.
2: I I think um Ryan really thrives off of lists. Um because otherwise, you know, if, if he doesn't have it wrote, wrote down on a list of things that he needs to do and get done, then um need you know, you forget sometimes. Uh so we've, we've found you know ways that that um can help uh him get things done, and obviously in turn that helps me, but you just with anybody you just find what works for you,
0: yeah, absolutely and how leah how's it been since you know you found out that he had kleinfelder syndrome, and obviously like it's only a part of our life, it doesn't fully define who we are, and how have you? have you found support for spouses out there when you have questions or stuff like that? Are you able to talk with other wives out there or you do, have you kind of felt alone within this whole thing or, you know, are there, are there aspects of your guys' relationship where maybe communication or something that breaks down and you're kind of like trying to figure certain things out? Like, could this possibly be XXY or is this not related?
2: Um I would say I don't have a huge support system when it comes to like knowing other wives um, that you know their husbands have f x y um I, I am a part of a few groups on Facebook. I don't utilize them a ton um uh, i I feel like um I don't know there's probably more now but not not everyone is diagnosed when they're super young. Um, and I mean, not that that makes a difference or anything, but, but yeah, you know, it, it it may be helpful to, you know, find wives that are in the same boat. But I, I think that Ryan and I do pretty well. And, and to be honest, I don't even think about the fact that he has client Kleinfeld syndrome. And I don't even like when we have arguments or issues or or a breakdown. I don't really even think about that being a factor. Um, you know, I don't it, I don't let it define define him. Um, I will say with being you know, with being newlyweds and I, I mean any newlywed couple would feel the same way. We we have our you know, we have our ups and downs and our struggles and to be honest, we we have started seeing um, you know, a counselor to help with our communication and it's been a huge a huge help in our relationship but I don't think that's because of Heinzelter syndrome. I think that's just any normal married couple just starting out and I think that I would highly recommend anyone to do that because it really really helps your relationship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just kinda wanted to see hear your perspective on that and it's great to hear that, you know, it's not you know, you're not, you're not thinking of Ryan as, oh, the guy with Klinefilter syndrome. It's, it's not a major, it's not a major, uh, setback in your life as far as defining yourself by it and letting it come into everything that you guys do and, and have it be constantly there. And I think that's a big thing for a lot of families to hear out there that are maybe newly diagnosed or a lot of the guys that are going through a lot of the, I can't have kids or I can't be a biological father. And, um, just to hear your guys' story of, you know, Ryan had, you had a hard time dating, but then you met Leah and, you know, Leah had a a child and you just went from there. And, and it's, it's awesome. Just to hear more and more of these success stories and talk to people that come from all different walks of life. So, yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that you guys kinda would say to the community out there, um, from coming from each one of you and then um and what would you would say to maybe newly diagnosed or um just other guys out there?
1: Um uh maybe uh just keep your head up and keep trying and um if you have any other questions. Uh, there's other people like us that have the same thing. And, you know,
0: um,
1: yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: What about Yulia as far as like other women that are dating guys or married, just newly married, or anything like that? Uh, any of the moms out there that kind of have those fears?
2: Um, I would say, you know, to to the women out there that are, you know, dating someone or even those that are married to someone that um you know, don't don't let it define your relationship. Don't let don't let that be the, you know, the forefront of your relationship. Uh don't don't let it dictate things. Just just go about life as usual and normal as you possibly can um because it's you know it's it's a small it's a small por- portion of your life that uh I don't, I don't know what I'm saying
0: It's okay I kind it, of put it, both of you guys on the spot with that question <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> No it's okay I I just um yeah it just don't let it define your relationship because there're there's so much more to these, these guys that have science syndrome. I, I, I will say that, that, you know, with Ryan, I, he has been one of the most caring and heartfelt and in tune with his, you know, feelings that of, of any guy I've ever dated. And, and it's not a dig. It's, it's, um, it's kind of refreshing being with someone that, um, that can, that can love and be as caring as he is. Um, I think that is what makes him a great husband and, and as well, a great, a great dad. Um, and as for moms out there, um, you know, there, there's a big bright future for your son and just, just know that they're going to be able to live a fulfilling life as, as any other child, would be able to, I mean, even, a, even a child without X, X, Y, you don't know what kind of, you know, downfalls they may face in their life. And, and there's always a, there's always a, you know, another, another side to a situation and that, and that they can have fulfilling lives and, and be everything that you hoped and dreamed that they would be.
0: I think that's a wonderful answer. I mean, you, it's definitely not a dig to be sensitive and to be more emotional and in touch with your feelings. And it's might be a hard, it might be hard for us to express that sometimes, but when we do express it, we express it in like a whole different way that people are not used to. And, you know, being empathic, being able to read other people's emotions and kind of be in tune. that's a, that's a really, that's a really positive thing that might not be looked at as a positive thing. And, um, you know, you said it right there that you don't know what an, if a a normal or not normal, but quote unquote normal, um, X, Y male, you don't know what they're going to have in their life, if they're going to have any challenges or difficulties. And so, um, it's been incredible just having you guys on the show and hearing a little bit about your story, your marriage and just uh, becoming a father and all these awesome things, Uh, being uh, a test child for testosterone from baby all the way throughout your life. And it's always fun to listen to other people's stories. And as soon as we can travel, I I can't wait to come to Michigan and hopefully meet you guys in person, you know?
2: Yeah, that would be great.
0: Yeah. So maybe if it's not this summer, then, most likely the next spring, next summer of 2022 will be one of those years that we'll, uh, we'll go on a huge road trip and just go out there and meet a bunch of people and try to put people in contact with each other. That's what this building, this community is all about is trying to find others out there that might live in the Michigan area that, you know, would want to meet up in person. And so you can have another person to kind of bounce your your thoughts off of or talk to about testosterone, about self-advocacy, um, and to get you, we'll get you some more wives, Leah, we'll, we'll eventually probably try to put together a, a spouses partners kind of group at some point and put other wives and, and partners in touch. Yeah,
2: that would be fantastic.
0: Great. Well, thanks for having you. Th- thanks for coming on the show today. And thanks for just being a part of, uh, living with X, X, Y to make a bigger difference and to not let the stigma stigmas of the past shape the voices of the future or take away the voices of the future. So, um, it's been incredible and, um, yeah, I think we'll end it at that. So thanks so much. All
2: right. Thank you. Thank
0: you. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. bye. Bye.